KYW Original Podcasts. This is KYW In-Depth. My name is Matt Leon. Ever feel like some political ads online are almost designed specifically for you? Well, let me introduce you to the concept of micro-targeting when it comes to digital advertising. It's become a critically important tool for political campaigns, and we wanted to learn more about it. So we caught up with Andrew Orange. He is the Director of Operations for the Penn Program on Opinion Research and Election Studies at the University of Pennsylvania. This is really interesting stuff. Give a listen. So let's start with the basic concept. Explain to me micro-targeting and how it works in ads online. Yeah, so if you're a political campaign, right, you're trying to get your message to people that are interested in your candidate, either to persuade them, right, to vote for your candidate or to get your message to people that are super jazzed and excited about your candidate to ensure that they turn out, right? So there's kind of, ultimately in, in, in political science, there's kind of two goals with ads just in general. And this is, this is whether it's TV ads or it's digital ads, whatever type of ads it is, it's kind of two different goals, right? One is to uh, persuade someone, right, to, to vote for your candidate that, you know, may be on the fence. And then the other one is to get the folks that are already excited about your candidate to turn out. Um, and, and in the turnout thing, it, it kind of works both ways. It's either right to try and get, you know, folks to, to turn out or maybe dissuade them, right, from voting um, an election. And you're, you're kind of doing both of them. And so campaigns kind of know, right, like generally where, where their voters live. And so the goal with uh, micro-targeting is to provide messages that they think are going to be um, appealing and that are going to be uh, motivating, right, to to those voters, whether those voters care about specific issues, whether those voters um, have certain identities, right, whether they're religious, whether they're a gun owner, whether they care about the environment, right? The, the goal is to try and provide content to voters that will get them engaged in the political process. And so campaigns do that through a lot of different ways, and digital advertising is really just, just one of them. How new is the concept of micro-targeting, specifically with digital ads? I mean, this isn't a 2020 thing. This has been going on for a while. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's great research out there about the, the 2008 campaign and how the and, and, and then beyond in the 2012 campaign and 2016 as well, um, right? I mean, really, with the advent of the, of the internet, um, it provides kind of the, uh, an easier way for campaigns and advertisers, right, to reach folks more individually and more targeted in, in very specific ways. So, yeah, it's been going on for quite a while. How do they know how to target me? Is it based on browsing history, shopping? Uh, how, how does that work? All of the above, right? Um, at least a lot of the... So the targeting rules have actually changed um, between 2016 and, and 2020. And so uh, a lot of the tech companies, Google and Facebook being the two largest ones, have actually limited some of the... How granular, right, you can kind of get with your, with your micro-targeting. But generally, the based on the data that I've looked at right now, what the campaigns are using is they're kind of using basically past vote, vote results. So if you look at like the places here in Pennsylvania, right, that the Biden campaign is highly focused on, right, um, or spending a lot of money or targeting a lot of specific ads and, and messages to, there are places where they would expect there to be a large number of Democratic votes. If you look at the 2016 results, 
82% of uh, the vote in 2016 here in Philadelphia County uh, went for Hillary Clinton. Allegheny County right, was was uh, Hillary Clinton's next best county right out in, out in the Pittsburgh area. Um, and so the Biden campaign is is very much targeting right messages to those specific areas. And if you get down to like the zip code level, like they really care about African-American turnout. Um, so if in like the state of Pennsylvania, if black turnout is, you know, the same level that it was in 2008 or 2012, then Joe Biden has a really good chance of winning this this state. If it's more like what it was in 2016, um, then then Donald Trump actually has a, a, a good chance of, of winning this state. And so if you start looking at about where like the Biden campaign is putting their chips and putting their dollars, they're spending a lot, right, in, in very specific uh, communities, even in, in our city in, in North Philly and in West Philly, right, in those areas where there is a large number of African-American voters, that they are trying to make sure that they're getting messages at them that get, get those voters excited about, about Biden and get them excited to go to the polls. And the Trump campaign's doing kind of the opposite, right? So the Trump campaign's voters live in slightly different areas. Um, if you look at what the Trump campaign is targeting here in, here in Philadelphia, at least on the Google ads, they are running banner ads that are actually negative Joe Biden ads. So if you like kind of peel back the curtain a little bit, the goal there is to try and basically make voters' impressions of Joe Biden to be, you know, less, right? So as, as political um, consultants and, and campaign folks would, would argue, right, it's to bring up his negatives, right? So just take a snap back to, to 2016. In 2016, both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump were underwater in terms of their favorables, right? So uh, when I say favorables, it's whether you ask somebody, right, like, do you have a favorable impression uh, of a candidate, right? And so when I say underwater, I mean that like more people thought that those candidates uh, had an unfavorable opinion, right, of those candidates than favorable. And part of the campaign strategy, right, is to kind of start to, you know, put some some dents, right, in kind of the perspective or opinion that the voters have of one of the opposing candidate, right, to kind of bring up their unfavorables to make them more unlikable, even if, if your candidate maybe isn't, isn't as likable uh, to, to the average voter. And so if you look and see what the, the, the Trump campaign is doing, yes, they're, they're, they've been running some ads here in uh, Pennsylvania about the economy. They did a little bit around, you know, Social Security and, and, and Medicare. But really what they've been doing a lot recently, one is actually, you know, making sure that people are registered to vote. And, and ironically enough, even though the president um, has said some, some things against this, encouraging folks to request the ballot, right, which is another way of actually voting, basically voting by mail. Uh, but then also, they're also running ads that are targeted at specific locations um, in Philadelphia County and whatnot, um, that are trying to basically raise Joe Biden's negatives, right? So it's trying to, to putting out, you know, information about how Joe Biden is wrong for Pennsylvania, how Joe, Bi- Joe Biden, quote, like, won't fight for you or calling um, the vice president weak. Um, and so though the goal of those those ads, right, targeted at what will be areas where Biden will see strong support is to try and just weaken some of that support. The goal here, I mean, this state in twenty. Um, 16 was, I believe, the difference between the Clinton uh, uh, margin and the Trump margin was 44,000 votes. The vast majority of the Democratic votes in this state will come from Philadelphia County. Um, and so if the Trump campaign's goal is to try and win Pennsylvania, which, you know, many people say it is the kind of the tipping point, right, in the race to 270, he very much needs to soften Joe Biden's support in this city um, and in this area. And, and his goal would be for turnout to look very similar to 2016 and not have turnout. Joe Biden's goal is for, to have turnout try and look very similar to 2008 and 2012. And really the, the goal in this city in particular is, is African-American turnout. 
So I'm curious, and I don't know how deep you can get from the technical standpoint, but yeah. how do they know exactly what ad? Is it like my IP address and they base it off of what that IP address has done and, and also where I live uh, so that I know what they know what kind of ad to send my way? Yeah, so there's a couple different ways that it works. And maybe just take a, a, a kind of a step back. So there's there's four platforms that are currently accepting and running political ads, campaign ads, four tech, tech platforms that are running campaign ads that make their data available. So Twitter is actually not one of them. Twitter came out in fall of, of 2019 and basically said, nope, we're not doing political ads anymore. Um, and so I've been able to kind of get the data from uh, Facebook, Google, um, Snapchat and Reddit and kind of the targeting and the way that it works and what's at least publicly available so that we can get a sense of like how folks are using their platforms. It's a little bit different. So even in, if we just take a step back to the primary campaign, right, in 20, uh, the Democratic primary campaign in 2020, different campaigns use different platforms slightly differently. So like everybody pretty much used Facebook and Google. About most of the major candidates used Snapchat. Um, only two candidates actually advertised on Reddit. And that was uh, uh, Kamala Harris and Bernie Sanders. And even the way that they used Reddit was actually different. Uh, Senator Harris's campaign um, used it to basically introduce her as a candidate. They basically ran those ads very much towards the beginning of her campaign. Senator Sanders used uh, the ads solely to raise money. <laughs> and what's interesting, at least about the Reddit example, is that they, for a while, three months went by where I noticed that um, they hadn't updated their ad archive, except relatively recently, um, when the first ad in the 2020 presidential campaign got run, and it was at the end of September when the Biden campaign spent between $100,000 and a million dollars to basically run the ad at the top of the front page of Reddit for a whole day. And that's that's the only ad that's been been run on those platforms so far. Now, when you look at targeting, targeting also works differently on each one of those platforms. So in the Facebook data, um, in 2016, they allowed you to do a lot more specific micro-targeting. But at least in what they release publicly right now, you can target on um, uh, gender, you can target on age, uh, but it's generally bans, right? So it's not specific, uh, you, you know, you're not going to get as specifically like just 25 year olds. It's usually going to be, you know, 18 to 25, 25 to 34, 34 to, to 45, kind of those, those general bans, maybe people that are 65 years and older. And then you can, you can start to target a little bit by geography. What's interesting in the data, at least that Facebook releases publicly, they only provide targeting at the state level, I can tell you, for example, how much the, the campaigns have spent here in Pennsylvania over the last couple of weeks. Um, the Trump campaign, uh, the Pennsylvania has kind of been basically around number two on the Trump campaign's list. It was, it was down at number four in terms of the most, most money being spent. And they're up to basically spending about $925,000 a week, give or take at this point. Um, the Biden campaign uh, PA has oscillated between one and two, being the most important state with our, with our friends there in Florida. And the Biden campaign has basically spent between about a half a million dollars to last week. So that would have been October 4th, October 10th. They spent $1.2 million here in our state. But I don't necessarily have the like the more granular type of um, targeting, right, that they that they have. They don't just release that um, in general. The Google data, though, however, they do release um, very specific uh, geographies. And so in Google, you can target nationwide. You can target statewide. You can target in a specific county. 
and then you can actually target down to a specific zip code range. So they, you know, there's a bunch of folks that live in your zip code, right? And so like, there's going to be some some error, right, in the, the targeting that gets done, where, you know, an ad may be more appropriate for your next door neighbor than it is for you. But when you're targeting right towards a, towards a zip code, you're getting pretty minute. What's really fascinating, though, is actually the targeting that you can do in Snapchat. So in what they release publicly, you can also similarly, right, target statewide you can target at the county level, at the township level, at the zip code level. But then in Snapchat, you can also target at what's called the longitude and latitude level, right? So think of the whole world as a grid where, where longitude um, runs north to south and latitude runs east to west. And if I give you a specific longitude point and a specific latitude point, it's going to just create a dot on the map. And then Snapchat will ask you for a radius, right? So it's basically just the distance you want to go out from that point. Ultimately, it ends up drawing a circle on the map. Um, And so campaigns and and advertisers have the ability to kind of target using kind of that longitude and latitude micro-targeting. Generally, the the presidential campaigns haven't really used it all that much. Some of them used it. So Biden used it twice um, in the the primaries. He ran an ad at one point in Iowa after a steak fry, thanking people on Snapchat for coming to his steak fry. Um, And he also ran an ad in South Carolina right before the South Carolina Carolina primary that was specifically about his policy for um, historically black colleges and universities. And he geo-targeted that ad at the communities in South Carolina that have HBCUs. Um, But just as an aside, right, uh, Steve Bullock, who's running for Senate, or yeah, who's running for Senate in Montana, um, did a town hall about college affordability and college issues. And so he specifically targeted, right, geo-targeted using that latitude and longitude targeting um, specific communities throughout Montana. And so different campaigns use it slightly differently, but generally you want to think about who are the users of that platform? How do they use that platform? Um, who, you know, are they younger folks? Are they older folks, right? How are they going to engage with that content to kind of drive some of your targeting decisions? What folks may not realize is that the targeting that like I've alluded to on Google, that includes, right, like the ads that you're going to see on YouTube, um, since YouTube is owned by Google, but that also includes a lot of the ads that you're just going to see on a regular website. So a lot of websites will utilize something called Google. Basically, they will embed frames on their website that Google will then populate with the ads, right? So when a campaign buys ads on Google, those ads then can appear, right, on on all of the websites that are utilizing kind of Google's ad technology. And so even though it's specifically on Google's platforms, um, it can appear in, in in a lot of different places. You mentioned some dollar figures specifically with the presidential campaigns. Uh, yeah. Give us some context here. What's for context? Do we know how much was spent at the presidential level in 2016 on, oh, on market targeting? Yeah, I don't have that number handy. Um, well, I should also say, right, that one of the interesting things about 2020, and it's actually, I mean, part of the reason I'm able to like dig into all of this as much as I am, is because of 2016, right? So there was a feeling after 2016 that uh, there was not enough transparency um, in terms of how how campaigns were utilizing these platforms. And so as part of kind of the changes that came out uh, after 2016 is basically ahead of the 2018 midterms, these various technological platforms um, launched their transparency initiatives where they provide different types of 
information, right? So I would argue that Google and Snapchat are probably a little bit more transparent than Facebook is, right, in terms of the, the, the data that they provide publicly. Um, but all of this data is out there if you want to, you know, play around with it and download it. I mean, I honestly became interested in it because I had read about some of these transparency initiatives and noticed that back in the, the summer of, of 2018, that Facebook started making some of this, this data available. But the interesting thing about the Facebook data in particular is that it's only available, at least publicly, uh, for that day. So pretty much every day for the last year and a half, give or take, right? I've been downloading this data and I've created this like really fascinating data set that allows you now to like dig in to see what types of advertisers are, use, are using what platform. The cool thing about the Google data and the Snapchat data is they make the whole archive available pretty much every day. Google used to do it every week, but they've started, you know, making that available pretty much every day. And so I've just written some code that actually allows me to be able to like look really quickly to see like what type of advertising patterns that they have. And so it becomes super interesting is looking at just the types of ads that they're running. So, you know, Joe Biden started running very specific ads targeted at union workers here in Pennsylvania relatively recently. The Biden campaign has kind of two different ad campaigns that are related to religion. One that if you like watch the ads close enough, you'll realize like is probably targeted more at like evangelicals or generally religious folks, right? Because they don't really play up Joe Biden's Catholicism um, in that at all. Whereas there are other ads where like um, him being a, a Catholic is, is very much front and center. And like the places where they're targeting those ads are actually slightly different, right? So, you know, they're trying to reach a slightly different type of type of voter. There are specific zip codes where they are playing up um, or highlighting the Biden campaign is highlighting um, the endorsements of former President Obama, First Lady Michelle Obama, um, and for what it's worth, uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, um, his endorsement is included uh, in that in that targeting um, as well. But then they've also been targeting, um, you know, some ads specifically related to to the military. Um, I, I, you know, we're generally talking about Pennsylvania, but but I just noticed, uh, you know, a couple of days ago that. Um, the Biden campaign started a whole new ad campaign specifically related to military voters in Texas, which is like super fascinating, right? Because by and large, Texas has always been kind of considered a strong Republican state, particularly when it comes to you know nationwide nationwide politics. And there is some some thinking, right, that the Texas may eventually become more of a, a swing state as um, you know we see demographic changes across the across the country, particularly as you know those demographic changes are going to be more likely to hit hit the Texases and the Arizonas and other states kind of maybe a little bit sooner. Anyway, so it becomes just super interesting just from a just a, a layman's perspective, right? To like take a step back and say like, okay, if I'm a campaign and my goal is to try and get President uh, Trump reelected and my goal or my goal is to try and get Joe Biden reelected, we all, every campaign has a finite number of resources. Yes, it may be in like the millions of dollars, right? And so to us that, you know, definitely don't have that many zeros in our bank account, right? That may seem like a lot of money, but at the end of the day, they have to put their chips somewhere. And so it becomes super interesting from both a kind of game theory perspective, but also just in general, right, to see what do they decide to do with their resources? And when do they start kind of moving things around the board? And and particularly in the, the micro-targeting stuff, right, like who do they feel like are important constituencies. So the Biden campaign obviously is trying to, has very specific messaging that they're trying to reach to military voters, right? They're trying to highlight some of the comments, right, that reportedly the president said while he was, you know, over in, over at the D-Day celebrations a couple years back, right? Um, Or they have specific, um, they ran some targeted ads during the summer 
after George Floyd was killed, right, and, and kind of responding to all of the protests, right, that they, that they saw around the country, um, to kind of highlight, like, their, their belief in um, some of the racial injustices, right, that, that, that are going on here in our country. It becomes super fascinating just to see kind of, right, like, how they approach kind of their job in getting folks interested. There has been some, some stuff on my Twitter feed about how they're surprised that the campaigns are spending, and if you look at kind of where campaigns are spending money, both campaigns generally spend a sizable amount of money in California, right, which is like super fascinating, right, if you look at like the Facebook ad data, because California typically, right, is going to be a state that's going to vote blue, it's most likely going to vote for Joe Biden, right, by the time we get to the election. But part of that thinking, right, is they're spending that money there because they're also raising money. And so from a like tactical perspective, you're using these digital ads and this micro-targeting to do lots of different things. You're, you're trying to persuade voters. You're trying to maybe get them to, to sign up for your email list, right? You're trying to get them to donate money. Um, if you look at the, the Trump campaign targeting here in Pennsylvania, um, he has also been running ads asking for donations. But if you look at specifically where they're where they're targeted, they're out in the like Westchester area um, here in the Philadelphia area, right? Um, those are kind of the the specific zip codes uh, that the, the Trump campaign is targeting with kind of those those donation uh, messages. And we should also then end up seeing a bit of a shift, right, between kind of where we are right now at this moment, which is about mid October, and where we will end up in once we get closer to the election, where it's less about persuasion and it's more about turnout. And so the goal is then to just say like, okay, let's make sure you vote, right? And 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 very much targeting a lot of those messages. You saw it a little bit ago with ensuring that people were registered to vote, right? But now that we're kind of in this in this moment of people can you know request a, a mail-in ballot here in Pennsylvania, right? Or, or or even encouraging them to go out and vote on election day, they're going to be focused on kind of mobilization, right? Like getting their voters to the polls to ensure that they actually participate in this year's this year's election. And so it'll be fascinating from my perspective as someone who's been tracking it for a little while now to kind of look at the shifts um, that happen um, in terms of the types of messages that get put out there. Because more of the story at this point in time, generally the campaigns know where they know who their voters are, right? They know who they need to get to turn out. And so now it becomes a, a battle of turnout to make sure that they turn out more people than, particularly in this state, in Pennsylvania, than, than their competitor does. Getting back to the money, do you have figures sure. for for twenty for right now about yeah. how much money are these campaigns spending daily, weekly, sure. monthly on these ads? Yeah. So, well, and again, it depends on platforms, right? So, so Facebook, right? Um, here in Pennsylvania, the Biden campaign throughout September spent a half a million dollars every week on Facebook ads here in Pennsylvania. They have ramped that up. Uh, as we got to the end of September and beginning of, of October. So the week of September 20th to September 26th, they spent $600,000. Uh, the last week of September, they spent $1.2 million. Last week, October 4th to October 10th, they spent another $1.2 million. Um, the Trump campaign, similarly, right, started off uh, September basically spending about a half a million dollars. They dropped down to spending about $300,000, give or take, on Facebook ads. Um, but they've, again, ramped it back up. And we would expect that ramp up to happen again. There's a bit of a disparity when you look at the spending here in this state on Snapchat. The Biden campaign spent upwards of, uh, you know, $160,000 a week on Snapchat, where the Trump campaign, that same week that the, the Biden campaign spent 162000 the Trump campaign spent barely 1000 And in the Biden camp, so if you're the Biden campaign, Pennsylvania becomes super important. Right. And so that week where Biden spent one hundred and sixty two thousand here in this state, that was three times more than he had spent in any other state on Snapchat. 
But think about it for a second, right? Like who uses Snapchat? Right, like they're generally younger, younger voters. Younger voters are generally more likely to be Democratic voters, so that makes sense from a campaign strategy perspective, right? To to do that. If we get like hyper hyper focused, so this is a little bit inexact, right? Because um, in the Google ad data, right, they give they don't give you an exact amount of money that they that a campaign spent on an ad. They give you kind of a low number and then a high number. Um, and so I you basically use the low numbers, right, to come up with like a low estimate and the high numbers to come up with a high estimate. But basically in, so for the Biden campaign, this is going to be very specific, but in zip code 19141, right, which is the Logan, Nicetown, uh, Tabor part of the city, the Biden campaign, at least according to my estimates, have spent somewhere between 11000 to 461000 at this moment in time, just on that zip code alone. But if you go up just a few zip codes away, it's barely like $3,000. On the depth chart of advertising, because I think for years we always were told or assumed that television advertising was where it was at. That's where the most bang for your buck was. Sure. Is that still the case or is this the the micro-targeting, the digital ads, is this the bread and butter now of uh, political campaigns? It depends on your your goals, right? So if you're a can- if you're a candidate, just say any political candidate, and nobody really knows who you are, right? Like micro targeting doesn't really make a ton of sense, right? Because your goal at that point in your campaign, right, is to make sure introduce yourself to the broadest population that you can, right? So that's where TV becomes really valuable, right? Because you you know if I were to run a a TV ad here in, in on the Pennsylvania affiliated stations, right? Like that's going to reach the Philadelphia area. That's going to reach out into some of the, the suburbs. You will even go into South Jersey, right? A little bit, right? And so your ability to be precise with, with that, that ad is going to be really hard. You're going to end up reaching a whole bunch of folks that, you know, you may not be interested in, right? So if you've been watching some of the, the Pennsylvania ads, I've seen ads, I live in Philadelphia, but I've seen ads for some of the South Jersey congressmen, right? I can't vote for a South Jersey congressman, but like, this is the media market in which they live in. And so they're going to put those ads on, on TV um, so that they can ensure that they meet their, reach some of their constituents. That being said, uh, digital advertising allows campaigns to be a lot more specific, right? So instead of potentially wasting resources or wasting money reaching me as a voter, right, for a South Jersey congressman where I can't vote for him, the digital ads allow them to be much more targeted, right? And in theory, get a little bit of a bigger bang for for your their buck. But again, it beco- comes back to just goals, right? If your goal with your digital ads is to raise money, there's research out there that shows that if you, you know, see a digital, ad, see an ad, a digital ad in a digital environment, the pathway or the amount of, amount that you need to travel as a donor to go from seeing the ad to donating the money is less because you're already in you're already on your device right you can donate your money right directly on their website than if you were to see an ad on TV and then have to like basically jump platforms right onto your phone to be able then to donate directly from your phone as well both are going to be part of a, a campaign's toolbox right as they start thinking about you know, what they're going to do. TV ads are super expensive, right? So sometimes they become cost prohibitive for campaigns, depending on the amount of resources and how big their, their war chest is. Um, digital ads are generally are, are going to be cheaper, right? And you're going to be able to get more specific targeted to voters that may be of, of interest to you. Comparing the numbers is not necessarily a one-to-one thing um, because you're not necessarily, the goals with both of them isn't necessarily the same thing. It really just depends on, you know, where you are in the campaign and, and what your goals are at that point. And we have talked here specifically 
uh, micro-targeting when it comes to political ads. I'm going to go out on a limb, though, and say that uh, this isn't the only avenue where micro-targeting is utilized. I would think that we are to the point where this is pretty widely used in a wide variety, be it retail, be it selling cable TV, whatever. Yeah, I mean, but again, think about it for a second, right? Like, even just generally, the goal with some of these ads is to try and find, whether you're a political campaign or whether you're, you know, a business, folks that are going to be interested in your product or your candidate or the service that you are selling. If I'm trying to sell a, you know, a cable TV package, right, I'm more likely to be successful targeting folks that are probably you know, not in college, right? I'm going to probably be more successful of targeting folks that, that maybe have a little bit of spare income, maybe are slightly older, right? Because, you know, you can maybe make the assumption that of cord cutters, right? And so there's a, there's a sense of folks have been kind of targeting, you know, consumers uh, since the advent of marketing, right? Um, but what, what, what micro-targeting allows you to do is be potentially a little bit more specific and a little bit more untargeted to try and not be as wasteful, right? So there's a, there's a saying in, in um, the marketing circles that, you know, only a subset of marketing actually works, but the problem is that no one knows which subset actually does, right? Because a lot of it ends up being, you know, wasted on people that, that aren't going to be interested or, or necessarily have the means, right, to buy whatever product they're trying to sell. Micro-targeting at least allows folks to try and get a little bit closer, right, to, the, to, to helping to, to find the folks that are most interested in, in what, in what you know, businesses are selling. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 